Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, Big Z here. Oh my goodness. What a week seven victory over the Atlanta Falcons. 23-22 Lions. We're breaking it all down here with the Blue Kool-Aid crew. I'm drinking the Blue Kool-Aid. Sit back, relax. We got a lot to talk about on the podcast. This is Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid, a Detroit Lions podcast hosted by lifelong Lions fans. UJ. It seems apparent to me that the most intellectual football fans tend to be Lions fans. Bob. Stafford is the best quarterback in football. Remember what you saw here. Tell your grandkids, don't forget. Red Dog. I believe we're on the precipice of a new era of Detroit Lions football dominance. Connor. Patricia looks like Violet Beauregard from Willy Wonka out there. An absolute blueberry on the sideline. And I'm your host, Big Z. The media knows nothing. The Detroit Lions 2021 Super Bowl jams. We can't wait for this upcoming season. Relax. It's time for the pod. All right, blue Kool-Aid drinkers. We are back after one of the more exciting Lions victories you'll ever see and any of your lifetimes, the Lions come back 23-22 with a last-second touchdown pass. Stafford to TJ Hawkinson. And, oh, boy, uh, just a lot to discuss in this game. The Lions moved to 3-3, three and three, back to 500, back in the thick of things in the playoff race. Um, but I'm Big Z, and the rest of the Blue Kool-Aid crew is here to break down this game. So we got UJ. Hello. <laughs> then we got Connor. Hey. And then Rudd Dog. Yo. And then Bob is uh, might might come in and out of the podcast uh, with some uh, technical issues going on, so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But I know he is uh, thrilled right now as well. But l- let's break it down, gentlemen. Uh, just Ooh, baby, um, but uh, I'm still just super jazzed up about the result of this game. And can we give a big thank you? Um, we're going to send him a gift basket to Todd Gurley uh, for going in the end zone <laughs> yeah. at the end of the game. <laughs> That was crazy. Yeah. That, that moment. Was so funny. You never see like that picture where like all the Lions are celebrating and like Todd Gurley's in the end zone. It's like so crazy. <laughs> like you'd never think you'd see something like that. Oh yeah. That, that, <laughs> I laughed so hard when I saw that play. Like it looks hilarious. You like just see him like bowl, bowl, bowling forward to the end zone. And he's like, no. <laughs> just couldn't he hits do an it. invisible brick wall. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. Apparently a great acting job on the tackle there. They you know had him sort of wrapped up, but not really. Just sort of let him go. Yeah, that was great. Like they yeah, actually like, to, yeah, to make him uh, force I, his momentum to go further. That's yeah, bad coaching I, on the Falcons part. They they probably shouldn't even be running the ball to that, right. set up that scenario. But uh <laughs> again, thank you to Todd Gurley. It, it, Todd Gurley's known for the guy is the guy that t- like takes a knee at the one yard line. He he's yeah. there's been a lot of storylines in the past where he's upset fantasy owners for taking the knee at the one yard line to <laughs> run out the clock. Uh so the the fact that he did the opposite uh, here was just incredible. And that was, I don't know if any of you guys watched the Penn State-Indiana game the night before. The same thing happened. The Penn same State yeah. guy should have gone down at the one-yard line. He didn't. And Indiana comes down and scores a touchdown and a two-point conversion and wins in overtime. So that's two days in a row where the running back failing to go down at the one-yard line cost her team the game. Uh, yeah. So just really great. interesting. But let's let's go into this game a little more. Uh, we, we can get that last drive a little later, but... 
I want to talk about the let's. I want to focus on the defensive side of the ball first, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. um, just just about this performance. I, I consider it up and down. Uh, I know they only gave up twenty two points, in, which is good against this Falcons offense. It's a good mm-hmm. offense, but the Falcons control the ball for a lot of this game. I feel uh, early on the Lions defense, I thought was playing, you know, really really good. They came out of the gates really strong, and then uh, gave up a lot of long. Uh, methodical drives, maybe by design, maybe not. Uh, yeah, I don't think that was by design. <laughs> I hope it's not by design. This is. Uh, it, yeah. just seemed, it seemed like they would get a play and then they'd give up a play. It like they would stuff them yeah. for no gain yeah. and then they'd get a eight yarder or something. It this is definitely like good improvement though, especially on a, against a much yeah. better offense oh, than the yeah. Jags. Like it's very encouraging to see. From it was defense. frustrating in the first half when they were allowing those long drives, but. Uh, they did seem to buckle down much much better in the second half, and uh, and the defensive line played a, just a fantastic game. I thought for the most part. Yeah, well, most and most notably, uh, Romeo Aquara having my, possibly the best. man. Would you say that's the best game of his career that we've seen so far? Yes, all around. He's had two sack games, but that game, I noticed him almost every play, whether it was making plays out in the flat or making a stuff in the run game or making sacks in the strip fumble. I mean, he was. He was on fire in that game. Yeah, and that, this was also his, he was the highest graded uh, member of the team on defense uh, for PFF. And Deshaun Hand had a really good game from a run uh, stuffing perspective, and Danny Shelton as well. Uh, and and Penasini continues to be a consistent uh, yeah run stuffing yeah. inside. The Lions like, only gave up sixty six yeah. yards rushing in this game, so. They've been so much more physical. It seems like like the, they're not relying as much on the linebackers to get in there with them and it's really yeah. nice to see that it's freeing up the D a little bit. I yeah. also noticed they did some things differently. Like the defense looked more creative than I've seen under the Patricia regime. Like they had, uh, it was early in the game, like one of the first few plays and they had Danny Shelton lining up as a lefty end. Like he was lined up over the left tack or the right D end lined up over the left tackle. They were doing some creative things to get different personnel groupings out there, which I think had nice effect. And that's at least two games in a row now. I've seen him uh, putting Trey Flowers out in coverage, <laughs> and yeah. it paid off big this time on that fourth down play where he stopped the fourth yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. Huge play, huge play. I don't know if Matt Ryan didn't see him out there or what, but but that that, that worked out well. Uh, that yeah. uh, coverage for sure. I mean, y'all, those D line. I love those drop D linemen in the coverage plays because. Even though you're not going to get as effective coverage, the quarterback never expects to see the D lineman out in the flat or you know drop yeah. back in coverage. So it was a nice little mix up. Yeah. Um. Some other notable uh, defensive performances here. Uh, Tracy Walker grayed out really well. Um, Jared Davis is out there for 20 snaps in this game uh, this week. So. That that's double what uh, he was out there for last week. Uh, I thought he he played okay, but he filled some holes. Uh, yeah, yeah other couple, than that one play, <laughs> Zeke kept po- pointing out like there was like late in the game. I think it was the last drive when they scored, and he came up and should have stuffed the play for like a two yard gain, and the guy just like did a spin move off him and got fifteen yards or something. But other than that, he was getting nice pressure, rushing the passer. So I want to continue to see him just get better in those limited role. Yeah, so whatever they're doing these last two games with putting pressure on, it's getting much better. I mean, way better. Atlanta, despite their record, they have a very potent offense and uh mm-hmm. we held them to 22 points. 
uh, gave Ryan some fits out there. Uh, it was, and, and with considering the quality of their receivers, and those guys are really good. Uh, we did a great job on this team. So, man, whatever they got to do, they just got to keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We mentioned uh, Romeo Aquara. He had a really decent game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Is this your they... new bit counter? To... Okay. First oh, sorry. Did we? First guy. First guy we mentioned. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that strip. That did we mention the strip sacks exactly though? That was a great strip sack fumble yeah. that we had. And I was thinking the sack specifically. That looked yeah. like an elite play. That look, that's like the kind of thing we've been missing is a clean, you know, rush for the sack fumble type thing. We haven't seen that in quite some time from this right. defense. Completely textbook, and right after a big missed field goal from Matt Prater, so that was a humongous play in yes. the game. Uh, yeah, Prater's been weird this year. I feel yeah. like he's not been as reliable. Bet. He did bet. step up ultimately in this game, though. Uh, he did. Yeah, and actually he had a pretty good game other than that miss because, he, what, he made another 40 missed, yarder yeah. and, I mean, He, he only missed terrible, one field goal, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, he only missed one. That one hurt, but it, it wasn't like – you know, he did good otherwise, so he had a few opportunities. Um, so, still focusing on the defensive side, uh, the, the the DBs in, in this game uh, left a little bit to be desired. Uh, Akuda continues to to struggle out there, yeah. to say the least. He, he's actually one of yeah. the best tacklers on the team, one of the most sure tacklers. Uh, yeah. So that, he... that's a good sign, and his rush defense is good, but it, he continues to look a little lost at times. Like on the first uh... – Did he have the pass interference call in yes. the end zone? Was that, that, was on? A, that was not a great call, though, if you ask yeah, me. That was ticky-tack. That was kind of ticky-tack. No, it, it wasn't, but still. I like, mean, I, I could see what the refs saw. Like he, he did kind of push the dude just a little bit, hmm. but, man, were they looking for it. That, that was kind of the revenge call, call too, because we got a we got gifted on our first Yeah, touchdown. that roughing the passer crap. Yeah, oh, that was a terrible yeah. call. I yeah. Just, like, yeah. That's like as a football fan, you just cringe when you see that. It's like, this is football. It's a violent sport, and that hit looks so clean because he launched. Like, what the hell? I... I Oh, that just frustrates me. Yeah, I, of me. I agree. When we got that touchdown, I'm like, oh, uh, well, that, that's nice. I, I feel like we didn't completely earn that one as much yeah. as uh, some other touchdowns. And, uh, All right. But, hey, you know what? <laughs> We're not the refs, so. Hey, we've been on the other side of that many times, so if we, we get one once no. in a while, it's More okay. More than a few. It's okay. <laughs> one goes our way. Yeah, sure. right. Um, yeah, but uh, just getting back to DBs, a warrior had his uh, – Oh, is easily his worst graded game of the season in this one. Uh, he struggled with Calvin Ridley. Yeah, Calvin Ridley had his number. I think that that small, yeah. quick, that call small, speedy receiver is just not his his main. Uh, it's not his zone. That's not where he's best at. He he. If he, I think they should have tried to find a way to pit put him on Julio Jones a little more, but you know you're gonna face teams with multiple good receivers, and sometimes you're just gonna have to make do. In the end, you're right. I mean, these guys are. Really good receivers. But, you know, they allowed some yardage and everything, but uh, some of the tackles against these guys were some good, hard, mm. hard-nosed tackles, man. And I uh, give him credit for that, too. So that Raglan, uh, The Raglan tackle, in the, I mean, you heard the dude's ankle, but that that's not even the part that matters. He, he smothered that dude so nicely in the flat. You know what I'm talking about, where it was like the left flat for the offense, and he came out there and just bled, he just absorbed the dude and – just fell awkwardly, but it yeah, was a I mean, really we're, good we're dealing with some punishment now too, is what I'm saying. No, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, maybe we're allowing some catches here, but we're making them pay the price for doing it. 
Because Awari had, had one like that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, Awari did miss three tackles in this game. So uh, I know he had the one on the one uh, Rudd Dog's referring to, but de- definitely not de- definitely not his best game. Um, and Akuda continues to like stumble out there. Like in the, the the third play of the game on a third and long for the Lions, uh, Akuda um, had the had the left flat and just yeah. stumbled, and the tight end was wide open for an eleven yard gain. Uh, <laughs> this is something that we read about in training camp too. We were stumbling. We could we see it like at least once or twice yeah. every game so far this year. I, I don't know I what don't, the yeah. hell his deal is. I don't think he fully trusts himself. Like even on that pass interference call, like he shoved the receiver when he didn't really need to. Like, I think he just like loses sense yeah. of fundamentals sometimes. Like, yeah, as a rookie, I mean, you're facing a higher talent yeah. level than you've ever seen on a regular basis. And I think honestly, you know, I I'm the big I've been the big, biggest skeptic of the Okuda pick. But as far as what he's showing now as a rookie cornerback, I'm feeling very good about his prospects going forward. Yeah, and uh, Justin Coleman was practicing last week, so hopefully he can get healthy. I think that'd be a big addition to get him back into this defense. Yeah, because uh, I think he could have helped with someone like Calvin Ridley. He'd fit up a little better with those little, little quick guys. Definitely, or um, Russell Gage as well in this game uh, hurt the Lions at least late in the game. He had six catches for 54 yards, but a lot in that last drive especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, He was getting open. <laughs> Um, but let let's now move on to the offensive side a of little of the ball here, where more frustrating, yes. much more um, frustrating. Yeah, this is this is the first time uh, I've really kind of been more frustrated with Darren Bevel's play calling than in previous uh, weeks, especially when it comes to short yardage downs. Just infuriating yeah. how they continue just to hand the ball at the middle to Adrian Peterson in the most yeah. predictable fashion. That fourth and one too. He was like the only back there. Only and back the, and the blown un- coverage. Like, why did that DN come in untouched? How do yeah, not like, yeah that's for that. <laughs> I just don't understand. Twice in this game, uh, luckily there was twelve men on the field for the one snap, uh, but both short yardage plays and both times an unblocked defensive end off the left edge stopping the run. Yeah, that's not I, good. I don't understand the play. It looked like a play design thing and not like a miss, uh, you know, a blown block or anything like that. Maybe. I, I'm not sure. It's hard to say. And also, I'm curious why they are continuing to give Adrian Peterson more carries than DeAndre Swift when yes. DeAndre Swift clearly looks like the better running back. So frustrating. <laughs> Does yeah. anybody have any reasoning besides this, the one's a veteran? This uh, kid looks like he's ready to feast. Well, I mean, we've seen this, though. This has been Patricia's MO, right? Like, give the veteran back the most carries. We, we suffered through that season with LeGarrette Blunt. We got la- lucky last year that they decided C.J. Anderson wasn't worth it, but like they seem to really just favor the veteran guy for some freaking reason, and it's really frustrating, especially when yeah. there's those plays you see Peterson gets the ball and and he might have a chance to do something with it, but and he just doesn't have that same edge he used to, and, and yeah, he gets stuffed for honestly. He would be most effective if he's used less. Like, give him those short bursts. Yes. Like, yeah. high energy. Like, he I can't think, yeah. be taken over half the reps a game. He's just, he's 35 years old, and that's okay. But Absolutely. give DeAndre Swift the majority. I would have to agree with you guys. I'd, I'd honestly better. like to see uh, carry ons workload go up a little bit for that matter. Like, if you're going to, if you're determined to do like a, a platoon style, like backfield. Give carry on some more chance because the kid still has you know some explosiveness that yeah. Adrian just doesn't have anymore at thirty five. 
And a shout out to Carry On too. He was doing a great job blocking in this game when he was in. Yeah. Did he say had, something about that? Someone asked him about Stafford. I actually noticed it though in this game. I was yeah. Actually, you know, I mean, Carry On only had he only played fourteen out of a possible sixty-two offensive snaps in this game, and thirteen of the eleven of those fourteen were passing downs, and he had a a ninety grade on or eighty yeah. grade. Uh, yeah, no, he's blocking. very good. Easily the highest. And DeAndre Swift had, yeah. had a 28 grade on pass blocking. <laughs> so, TJ right. Lang said uh, my, that uh, Carrion Johnson might be the most selfless pass protecting RB he's ever seen. And Carrion Johnson responded, the way number nine be throwing that thing, I'd be a fool to let anyone touch him. That's a great. <laughs> that's great. I, that's, I didn't see that. That's what awesome. A great response. Hey, doesn't it seem like Stafford's starting to go to sidearm normally now? Like, on a regular oh, basis. This was a quintessential Stafford game. It was we awesome. This is the later. best. Uh, okay. I know we have other things to cover. Yeah. No, I mean, no. we're on offense now. So, I mean, this is the best Stafford's looked all year, but, I thought, by a wide oh, yeah. margin. Speaking of Stafford, yeah. did anyone else feel like his delivery was a little different this game? He looked like he was throwing a little different. And he was yeah. throwing absolute laser beams. Like, yeah, yeah he was. he's early... throwing into like double, triple coverage like he yeah. wasn't doing earlier this year. That was even, the announcer, even the announcer noticed that, too. Uh, the... Because he, he's ripping one through like four defenders, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think it was to Jones. The one, just, yeah, that uh, conversion. Yeah, it's like holy cow. And, he looked very aware he, in the pocket, like it was a the great way game. he threw yeah. that ball to Jones early. And I, it was like the second or third drive, I think, as like a conversion. He, I, he's the only quarterback in the NFL I think could honestly throw the ball. Like other quarterbacks could get it there, but not in the way he did on like such a rope, like just unreal. Yeah. Oh yeah, like uh, what was it? The slant to Marvin. It was like a Jones deep slant or a deep in or something. Like it was, yeah, it was a, like a third and long, and and it was just incredible the way he dropped, like just the ball just shot there. Oh yeah, and uh, every uh, this is we should make this an extension as well to please pay Kenny Galladay, the dear Detroit Lions. Please pay Kenny Galladay. Yeah. What are they oh waiting for? God. This guy wait, is unreal. He catches everything his way. A 50-50. They call them 50-50 balls, like when you uh, throw it up and like there's a defender right there and the receiver. But Kenny Kenny Galladay makes it like a 90-10, ball. Like every I, you don't win that yeah. game without him. Every I every so throw in this game were contested. Yeah. And that that one I know. that one he caught along the left sideline where he fell on his back and like the safety came over and blasted oh my him. That's great. Did I, I did anyone else like hold their breath because it reminded me so much of the play that Calvin made in his rookie season where he fell on his back and then he ended up not being in the rest. He was injured out the rest of the season. Uh, it's just like yeah. oh my god like i was him and jones i was like oh my i felt like it was in uh uh jerry Maguire the movie like how they always talked about how the quarterback was throwing his dudes into coverage and just getting blasted they took so many hits in that game and held on to the ball absolute champs both of them oh, yeah. Yeah. He gets that ball in his hands yeah. he never lets go Stud. he's got an iron just, grip yeah. on that ball i've never been reminded as much of calvin johnson as i have with Kenny Galladay, like their partnership is starting to bloom, and, and he, I hope Stafford's it's here for years. finally, yes, yeah, Stafford's getting the confidence there too. Yeah, him. he's throwing it up there, and balls Galladay has no business catching. Like he yes. gets it in a good window, and Galladay makes it happen. So, yep. like, I mean, and since we're on the Stafford Galladay, I just want to uh, truly uh, just have the appreciation for that throw to set up the game-winning touchdown. It's just stellar, uh, unbelievably, beautifully, perfectly timed. 
throw and catch. Uh, just just yeah. incredible. Just a thing of beauty. I've watched it at least 20 plus times. It's just, <laughs> just insane the throw like the linebackers at 30 yards the safeties at 50 yards you got to put it right like the 40 42 yards uh, it just yeah. perfectly dropped like uh, on oh. a dime and oh and that, that was pass yeah. interference probably on the safety they didn't get the call it didn't matter no <laughs> he caught it yeah. anyways i think that's why yeah. kenny Galladay was so mad i think uh when he got up at first <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this kind yeah, of guy didn't know he caught so it. Well. I thought he was arguing yeah. he caught it, but I think he's arguing for passing well, appearance to get the timeout. I was freaking out because I thought they were going to review the play and then do a 10-second runoff again. Oh, I know. Yeah, wouldn't that yeah, have now that. learned that that didn't happen because they didn't overturn it. But at I the time, that. I was like, no way. Back-to-back <laughs> Falcons I, games? I, I was busy uh, this weekend, and I, so I had to watch the game on replay. I'm like, I would have had such a heart attack. <laughs> watching this game if i didn't know the outcome like you're right connor like that 10 second runoff i don't i I read an explanation of that rule they're like if it was overturned then we would have got the runoff like the rule is so stupid if that's literally like the only thing like because they called it right on the field it it didn't run time off yeah how have they not fixed this rule it's the worst rule maybe ever the refs screw up so you get penalized. That's what I just right. don't understand about the rule. It makes no mm-hmm. sense whatsoever. Meanwhile, you can still do the twelve men on the field to get a like a free timeout almost. Well, not free, but you give up five yards, but Yeah. I was I was hoping the Lions did that when they were on defense. Do the twelve men on the field thing to get the free timeout. Uh I didn't I didn't like the way the Lions the Lions got lucky with their management at the end of the game, but uh yeah, I thought I thought they should have let the Falcons at least either score or let them get the first down at the end of the game. So then it's first and goal, and you have three timeouts, and then you can use it. But using the timeout and on second and one, uh, if they get a first down, you're still going that allows them to run almost yeah. all the time off the clock. I thought that was very I, bad. We were really you're questioning Matt Patricia. They practice situational football yeah. all the time. Yeah, Matt yeah. Patricia. They call the best up. defensive play in NFL history, Big <laughs> yeah. C. Do you forget Patricia, that? Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. How could I forget? <laughs> Matt Patricia is far <laughs> from escaping criticism at this point. <laughs> you know, um, but I mean, you got to give them their due. They they somehow still pull it out. Though. Yeah, uh, they Great. beat a one in five team, so yeah. you know they did what they should do. Felt like they're again splitting man and zone pretty well on defense. So I don't know if Patricia. Yeah. Honestly. And I, the- Sorry, go on, Connor. Yeah, no, I read that Atlanta was expecting a lot more man, and like they got surprised with a few zone nice. looks there. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious if that's going to continue, or if I, Patricia, once he starts winning, is going to start going back to oh, please no 80, 90 percent man. <laughs> but that's the single evolution that I'm like, okay, they're figuring this out. But on off, I'm honestly more worried about our offense continuing to, to like evolve here because they were. Honestly, the defense played better than the offense in this game. It, it, in I my think opinion. I agree with you, and that's insanity. Even right? Stafford had yeah, a great game. How about and, that? I think like, it's the play calling. The like, way, honestly. yes, yeah. exactly. The, the way this game was called, I felt like they, if they would have made a few different calls, like you Swift more, like we talked about, a little less Adrian Peterson, account for things like the offense should have scored more points. But I mean, the defense kept that game in in range all all the whole time. Definitely. Um, and speaking about the offense and uh, just some improvements, uh, Jonah Jackson had his worst graded game of the season, and Big V really had a bad game uh, in terms of grading out. I'll be right back. Uh, Big V was the lowest rated pass blocker in, of any guard in the NFL this week. Mm, uh, wow. And th- there was a lot of like, like, uh, 
Matt Stafford under pressure like immediately in this he, game. I felt was. yes, they I were agree. very aggressive though on defense. The the Falcons like like that play uh, where Swift gave up that sack from the blitzing safety or linebacker or whatever it was. I felt like they were playing very clever in the way they disguised their blitz and stuff. That guy was right on top of Stafford. Like it would have taken an amazing block to stop him. Maybe Carrion could have made the block. I don't know, but. It was like a, a delayed release by him. So, I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, like, they were aggressive and we did not respond adequately most of the time. That's why I couldn't believe that um, <laughs> um that they didn't do any sort of blitz on the last play of the game, that they kind of just left it to their pass rush and then dropped back seven guys. Yeah, I agree with zone. you. I was thinking the same thing, exactly. I, I couldn't believe they did that. Because they were pretty right? successful blitzing all game uh, and yeah. getting Matt Stafford under pressure. So that that worked out. Uh, and I'll it, say. We didn't discuss it yet, like Tyler Crosby in that last play, UJ. Oh. <laughs> you got it. If you go back and watch, listeners, uh, Tyler Crosby in the last play, he gets his ass beat badly like on a bull rush but luckily the defensive end Dante Fowler uh, who had a lot of big plays for them in this game the Falcons uh he falls down with them and allows Matt Stafford just enough time to uh hey to get the yeah. a win's the a win off. okay yeah yeah he kept, I know. He kept yeah. this guy off the quarterback if a, if a D lineman wants to bull you straight over and go down with you then let him I mean he's not gonna make the play <laughs> well, yeah. But something yeah, I, I watched that play several times, and the first several, first few times, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I was watching the pass, and and Stafford stepping up nicely in the pocket. I didn't even see that. But that was man, Stafford's. It, like, you got to you got to check it out. That was Stafford's best pocket presence all season, in my opinion, because he's been struggling with this. Pocket oh man, presence, uh, so. sorry, I just watched it. Oh my god, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah. like, when Stafford rolls, like, he rolls, you know, so I, like, all your focus is on that. And yeah, exactly. Hawks refading his route, but good Lord, he yeah. just gets bulldozed. And we haven't yeah. mentioned uh, TJ Hawkinson yet. Right. How, how, how nice is it to see our, uh, you know, our first-round pick and the game-winning touchdown? You got to love it. And how many of you were like, did the Lions drop it? Because we already been through this once this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where we dropped the game-winning touchdown as time was expiring. <laughs> Uh, I think he's, he's becoming uh, a reliable weapon. Yeah, you know? oh, yeah. he's coming he really into his is. own. I think for sure. He's got like, a l- each week more and more. In my opinion, he's got a little ways to go yet to really. Oh, I, he does. He, he's showing the right things. I mean, touchdowns, right? Like if, if he can just keep scoring touchdowns, that'll be that'll be enough for a little while. But I mean, that's a good start. That's all I'll say. Like, he's got a little bit of ways to go. I want him to be more of a weapon throughout the rest of the field, but. Hell yeah, score in the end zone. That's a, can't start in a place. They asked him about the play, and he's like, I saw Stafford turn to me, and he's like, all right, let's do this. And then he just, like, touches it, fades. Freaking awesome. awesome. If yeah, any fans out there watch the mic'd up version of that, uh, it's really fun to watch them celebrating afterwards. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, because uh, that play, from what I read, that wasn't an expected like, – that wasn't supposed to be – it was a quick hitter by design. Yeah. So – Stafford held on to the ball and Hawkinson improvised appropriately, which that's that's savvy right there. That's not Yeah, that's I guess not, the Falcons ran like a cover three and they weren't expecting it. So yeah. he was covered up initially on the route, so great Stafford job. had to buy some time. Yeah, and it was but a great job by him to then realize it and then make a break out of and find us us opens opening. Definitely. And um TJ Hawkinson, by the way, uh the fifth rated uh 
For a minimum of a hundred of a hundred snaps played this year, um, TJ Hawkinson's the fifth best graded run blocker in the NFL. That's uh, good. And that, that's what the Lions, I think, really wanted him for. In, in, in addition to his receiving abilities, but uh, the, his blocking ability uh, is what they like so much. Yeah, we didn't run so great in this game either. No, no, we <laughs> no. did not. But uh, <laughs> I still think that was the bad bad design more than anything. But. Um, it's also a circumstance, uh, you know, uh, this the passing versus the rushing because the the Lions only ran it 21 times in this game total. I mean, if you even look at that fourth down play, the O line absolutely dominated the Falcons D line for that fourth and one. If they didn't leave that free rusher off the edge, it would have been an easy first down. Yeah, and and uh, but did you like the Jamal Agnew direct snap? Uh, it was so game? quick. I like the the idea of it. It just <laughs> didn't pay off. But I love it. I want to see more of it. I want to see more of like Wildcat like that. That would be fun. Yeah. So the Lions are trying to get a little creative there. Um, that that was like what on the. 10 yard line wasn't it the play before the fourth and one or something like it was like right around that time it was like in the end zone or the red zone i mean so. yeah yeah uh it was under the i think the 10 yard line but yeah right in the red zone there but i just i have like a natural aversion as an old lineman to these like long developing plays like that jet sweep and stuff like those plays are so hard to execute and and that the way the Falcons team was playing so aggressively, I, I I don't know if I like the call the way it was drawn up, but I like the creativity of it. I think bottom line too with our old line, uh, I don't think they've quite gelled yet. <laughs> I, I think we're still struggling in situations and uh, certain maybe against certain fronts that they're facing, but uh, I don't think we they've hit their stride yet. I know. If, if, if Big V continues to struggle at guard here, I wonder if they're going to throw in Dahl. And... I was almost surprised Dahl wasn't out there now that he's healthy, honestly. like I was I, w- I was happy that they decided to go with a consistent lineup at O-line instead of the weird rotation like last week. But I was kind of surprised they didn't try to use Dahl because I think he's probably a better guard at this point than Vatai. Yeah. Um but it, it was also nice to see uh, Marvin Jones get involved more in the offense this week. He's been kind yes. of absent. So five catches for 80 yards on six Absolute targets. Stud. Uh, so that, that that's really good to see. And he got thrown into coverage so much, and was he just showed grit. I love it. And Amendola, too. I want to throw that in there because, uh, I mean, he just seems to make a big play here and there. That's all we need from him. <laughs> it's amazing. Please. Yeah, he did have a bad drop on a third down. He uh, did. He did. When the Lions and, uh, were in midfield. He helmet. <laughs> you could totally tell he he was, like, hearing footsteps on that one he dropped. Hey, but that tells you how Stafford's in the moment, though. Like, And they scored that winning touchdown. Uh, Amendola takes his helmet off, and Stafford's busy yelling at Amendola to put his helmet back on right. so he don't get a penalty. Instead of celebrating the touchdown, which most people, everyone else was doing, you know, he's worried about that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I have a question talking about that. Amendola takes his helmet off, and they call the flag. Did anyone else notice that there was like two or three Falcons players that all took their helmets off as soon as the play was blown dead? Like, in the replay of, in the mic'd up version, from the camera angle, the dude closest to the camera from the Falcons immediately takes his helmet off, and then they flip it around when Stafford's like got Amendola by the front of his like uniform trying to tell him, put your helmet on, and there's like a... You can see two dudes in the background, no helmets on. And you're like, 
Why are they only calling it on us? Is there something I'm not understanding about this rule? I, I don't know. I just thought that was uh, like. I'm gonna tell you. I was like, so is it's it like, like the Des Bryant ran on the field with no helmet on yeah. in that playoff game years oh, ago. That yeah. they never called either. So you remind me of that. <laughs> Just in you know, in terms of the Lions' history with helmets off on the field, uh, there, there's the rundown for you. I don't like that. <laughs> I, I selectively forgot that. Thanks, to C. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was strange. That was strange. But uh, Matt, Matt Prater, uh, I know he missed the one, the one field goal, but he did ultimately step up so Prater we're not getting the best Prater this year but he is still doing his solid the leg is definitely there like the 50 yarder he hit the middle of the net it's he could still hit it from 63 without a doubt uh it's just the accuracies but he keeps pushing it to the right for some reason on all these field goals I'm not sure what his deal is yeah I don't know yeah, you know, I mean, the dude is how old, and he the also was been a good? raging alcoholic. So. Yeah, no, is this Jack Fox's <laughs> fault? We p- keep heaping praise on the punter, but no. is it time to question his holding on field goals? Of course not. Jack po- Jack Fox was. We're addressing. The, we address the real uh, concerns. <laughs> that one. Here. That speaking of Jack Fox, that one punt he had. If they had, if the coverage was better, they and they didn't buy the fake by the returner, he would have had like a sixty-seven yard plus punt and it but it bounced into the end zone because they everyone thought the the returner was gonna catch it <laughs> dude's killing it i can't i can't knock him <laughs> can't knock our best player <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know there's other competition these days last couple of games so it's good to see yeah absolutely <laughs> um so in the rest of the division the packers uh, whooped on the Texans and the Vikings head off, and the Bears. Uh, we're recording this uh, right before they kick off on Monday night, uh, playing in LA. But the Lions moved to three three. You know, there are games uh, out of the playoffs right now. If the Whole season ended today. Yeah. Whole yeah. new season. Yeah, well, it, it really is, and they're going to be at home against the Indianapolis Colts next week. Uh, the Lions are underdogs in that game at home. It's right a big now. one. It's huge. It's huge. And the Lions defense has continued to step up. The Colts are definitely a run first team, a really good offensive line. Uh but we'll we'll awesome get some defense. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get into that more in our preview later in the week. But uh I like this Philip Rivers matchup a lot. I, I do like that. Very good. I do Philip Rivers is definitely playing some of the worst football of his career uh right now. So Yeah, but with a defense like that, it's tough. It's gonna be tough no matter what. Oh yeah. Um but we'll get into that uh, later this week. Uh, I think we might have someone that we can have enter the lion's den as well that we have in mind. Uh, but I think for this episode, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. We, we're, we're Right now, as for this episode, we're on the 11-yard line. We've got two seconds left, and we're just trying to finish it up here. Uh, what about, what about the Stafford throw of the week? Oh, what do you have? Oh, the Galladay, uh, last one on the yeah. It was sick. It was so sick. <laughs> yeah. I agree, Connor. He's... But uh, you know, this, this line—it's—it's it's great to to be celebrating a win again, two weeks in a row now. Yeah, uh, how about it's, it? It's oh. fantastic. But uh, the Lions aren't down. out of the woods by any means yet. Uh, we're still struggling, no. and by all accounts, we should have lost that game, except for oh, Derby's yeah, little you. mistake <laughs> at the end. But uh, so we haven't turned the corner quite yet uh, for Matt Patricia no. and his boys. Uh, so we no. need to see consistent improvement. So this week coming up, we want to see this to take it a little another step further by improving yeah. this. This, you know, all the phases we talked about, they still need a lot of work. But uh, hey, 
Winning is better than losing, man. I'll take Hell it. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah. great. And it's nice. We're going to have meaningful games to watch here in November uh, coming up. So. Right. right. Exactly. Definitely could have gone the other way really fast. The last so. thing I want to say is just that one thing I liked about this game is that, you know, yeah, sure, we got a little bit lucky in the way everything unfolded. But honestly, this was probably the first game of the season where I'm like a few little coaching tweaks and, and better calls and, and just like, some breakdowns and stuff and this is all coachable like we didn't get dominated physically really anywhere on the field you know any good halfway decent nfl team or even bad nfl teams are going to beat you physically from time to time but this game was like the all our mistakes were like it was just uh, some coaching tweaks and we probably dominate that game so i i really liked what i'm seeing from them and they just if they keep this up we could see a whole new different team. And we have complete faith in the coaching staff to tweak those, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, Do you think, like, it's fair to say, like, we're, like, an average team overall? I mean, like, a lot of people nationally have, like, changed from their we're terrible to, like, we might just be okay. Well, we're 3-3. Three and three. We're 500. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'd just like to throw in there, too. Early in the season, we were, you know, we were getting down at Stafford a bit for not being Stafford that we know, but he's starting to – He's starting to come into his own now. Look he's, out. He's, he's really to starting to play well. Yes. The last couple of games, he's he's upped his game a lot. And uh, I know we're better than the Bears. There's still a few things. <laughs> we are better than the Bears. Right? There's a few things with Stafford where, like, I honestly, his best throws were bullets, which he's always been able to do. I, I want to see him get more comfortable dropping some more dimes with his, you know, touch and stuff. But, no, I, I we're trending in the right direction. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. Um, so I think that's going to wrap it up um, for this episode. Again, the Lions, 23-22 over the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Stafford, his first and only uh, game so far in his career in his home state of Georgia, or uh, his home college state, I guess, uh, <laughs> um, with a big victory over his best friend, Matt Ryan, yeah, as the, the broadcast like to say, BFF. Yeah. Besides Kershaw, of course. Yeah, besides Kershaw. <laughs> Was anyone else like when they like when the announcers were like BFF and been like what? <laughs> like I know they're friends, but BFFs like what the heck? Where did that come from? <laughs> I was dying. I don't know. I thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So thank you everybody for listening. Uh, stay tuned for later in the week uh, when we preview um, Week Eight of the NFL season. Uh, the Lions at home against the Colts. We'll be talking about that. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for listening. Instagram, Drinking Boo Kool-Aid. Twitter, at Drinking Lions. Please subscribe and please leave a review on this podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And last but not least, gentlemen, as always, go, go. go. Lions! Forward down the field. A charging team that will not yield. And when the blue and silver wave, stand and cheer the brave. Rock, rock, rock. Go hard, win the game. With honor, you will keep your fame. Down the field and gain a Lions victory. Go. Go. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.